Mindset is important, but I don't think it's your problem. I don't think the way that you think is what is causing you the problems that you're seeking help for. Actually, I think that if you focus on your thinking or on your mindset, you actually may be feeling very frustrated or being ready to give up altogether on making change in your life. In this episode, I'm going to explain to you why mindset is not your main problem, but also what you can do about it so that you can start to make lasting change in your life. My name is Justin Sinceri. I'm a therapist, a coach, and the creator of the Polyvagal Trauma Relief System. Welcome to Stuck Not Broken, where I teach you how to live with more calm, confidence, and connection without psychobabble or woo-woo. This podcast is, of course, not therapy, nor is it intended to be a replacement for therapy. So the first thing here is, what is mindset? We'll start off really generally. Merriam-Webster says it's a mental attitude or inclination. Cambridge Dictionary says it's a person's way of thinking and their opinions. If you do a search on mindset, you will undoubtedly and very quickly find Carol Dweck. I don't know if she's the one who started the whole mindset craze, but when you look up mindset, she comes up. And this is really more what I'm more interested in is what Carol Dweck uh, brought to the world of psychology, uh, where it's gone from there and why it is very incomplete. She's the one that came up with the idea of growth mindset and fixed mindset. You've probably heard of this, but real quick, I'm going to give you a quote here from verywellmind.com regarding fixed mindsets. They say, if you have a fixed mindset, you believe your abilities are fixed traits and therefore can't be changed. You may also believe that your talent and intelligence alone lead to success and effort is not required. So if you have a fixed mindset, the idea is that you believe that is it. You can't do better and you're born the way you're born. Regarding growth mindsets, Very Well Mind says, on the flip side, if you have a growth mindset, you believe that your talents and abilities can be developed over time through efforts and persistence. People with this mindset don't necessarily believe that everyone can become Einstein or Mozart just because they try. They do, however, believe that everyone can get smarter or more talented if they work at it. So if you have a growth mindset, you believe more that you can improve through efforts, practice, failure, repetition, and further refinement and improvement, basically. So from this view, your mindset is the problem. The way that you think is the problem, which is not uh, revolutionary in psychology. I think that in psychology, uh, many people have looked at thinking as if it's the problem and that's what needs to be changed. What Dweck and the people who adopt this way of thinking are arguing is that mindset can be the catalyst for change. If you change your mindset, if you specifically if you have a growth mindset, then the change that you want will unfold based on effort. But if you have a fixed mindset, well, that's the problem and that's what needs to be addressed. Is something wrong with your business? Are you not getting the right grades in school? Can you not communicate with your spouse effectively? Do you want a life partner? Maybe you can't find them. Is there some sort of emotional dysregulation you're going through that you can't get over? Well, all these things and a lot more can be fixed with a growth mindset. If you look up these things online, you will easily find articles, books, courses, videos, all kinds of stuff that applies the growth mindset 
idea to these topics and, and yeah, a lot more. It's huge. Everyone, I don't know everyone, but many people believe in this growth mindset stuff. And I have no idea if that's what Carol Dweck um, intended, if she wanted it applied to all these different areas, but that's where we're at. So we know the problem here from this psychological point of view, if you want to call it that. The problem is that you have a fixed mindset. The goal would be, or the way to change that would be through a growth mindset. So what I want you to do right now is to identify something that you want to change in your life. Something that you really want to change. Like it has to be something serious. Okay, so you have your problem. Now you know the answer is to adopt a growth mindset in order to get to the solution, in order to fix your problem. So I'll give you a moment to, to go ahead and adopt that growth mindset. Go ahead. Did you get it? Do you have that growth mindset yet? Some of you haven't gotten there yet. Yeah, I don't think it worked for everybody. To have a growth mindset, you have to grow it. You can't just turn it off or on. Sadly, so even though the problem is easily diagnosable, it is not easily uh, fixed by simply adopting a growth mindset. Sorry. So you have to grow it. You, You can't just choose to have a growth mindset. So how do you get or how do you grow a growth mindset, I guess? Actually, you know what, let's come back to this um, because I have another question I think is more important for right now. Why is it some people have a growth mindset and some people have a fixed mindset? I guess a couple easy answers would be that it's just based on how they were raised or maybe whatever mindset they have right now, it's just easier to stick to those beliefs rather than challenge them. Challenge them would be uncomfortable and it's hard to take on a different way of thinking because then emotionally you'd have to change along with it. But still, um, we're left basically with saying that the individual doesn't think right. Whether or not they have a hard time adopting it or no matter what the reason is, we're still saying you're not thinking right. Thinking is your problem. I personally don't find this super helpful, this line of thinking. Getting people to think differently is not easy, especially if that's your primary way of addressing someone's presenting problems. It's typically not just a thinking problem. So it's got to be more than that, right? Psychology Today gives us some ideas on how to adopt a growth mindset. They actually have a list of 15. I'll give you a handful here. Embrace imperfection is one of them. Face your challenges bravely. Replace negative thoughts with positive ones. Stop seeking approval from others. Be your authentic self. Cultivate purpose and more. So again, I'll give you a minute. Just go ahead and do that. Uh, Just embrace imperfection right now. Be your authentic self right now, uh, replace your negative thoughts with positive ones. I'll I'll give you a minute, go ahead. And I'll just wait right here. Yeah, again, some of you didn't didn't do it. I guess it is more complex than just saying think differently. So if your mindset is the problem, the solution seems to be to just change your mindset. And when it comes to these smaller pieces like cultivating purpose or embracing imperfection or replacing your negative thoughts with positive ones, it's kind of like saying, well, just stop thinking that way, think this way so that you can eventually have a growth mindset way of thinking. It's all about thinking, do this or think this way. Don't think that way. This seems very inadequate. It doesn't seem like uh, it makes sense to me. It doesn't seem like a really healthy way to go to tell someone just, just stop doing that. I've been a therapist for over 15 years and therapy clients don't change this way. They don't simply start thinking differently. I personally don't change this way. I don't simply start thinking differently. 
my clients in therapy, they want change. They're motivated for change. They want to think differently. They don't want to blame themselves or shame themselves. They don't want to use their thoughts in that way and inflict themselves further discomfort. So they want to think more positively, but for some reason they don't, at least not initially. Eventually, yeah, hopefully through therapy and changes that they make at home, they can eventually begin to think more positively and get that growth mindset. Yeah, but other things need to come into play. It's not just about thinking differently. Other changes need to happen first. Let me switch it up again, and I want to kind of come at this from a different angle. When is your mindset more growth-oriented? There's probably times where it already is, and you don't need to choose it to be growth-oriented. You don't need to cultivate it. There's probably times where it already is kind of growth-oriented. Like, when do you have positive thoughts? When are, When is it you're okay with learning from failure or from obstacles? When do you feel more authentic? When do you need less approval from others? And when are you okay with being imperfect? You probably already have moments like that. So when is that? And if you don't feel that way or you never feel that way, imagine like what would it look like to be more likely to feel that way? I would assume that you feel this way or that you're mindset changes probably when you're feeling calm and relaxed. You're probably more open to what life brings to you, uh, the flow of daily life, your emotions that come and go. You're more connected to the present moment. You're more connected to your senses. When you're feeling more calm and relaxed, your failures or obstacles in life probably aren't debilitating. You're probably more likely to roll with it and learn from it. I would guess you have a growth mindset when you're probably feeling more motivated and more focused, when you're probably energized to keep moving forward, when you're trying to reach a specific goal maybe and you feel that energized motivation. You probably have more of a growth mindset when you're with other people that you feel safety with and trust with, people you feel you know, like vulnerable maybe or people that you feel like you can have fun with. You probably have more of a growth mindset when you're playing a game and socializing. Like if you are playing cornhole, which I'm sure we all do, but if you play cornhole and you miss a throw, as long as you're with people and having a good time, it won't be debilitating. You'll probably pick up the sandbag and do the next throw uh, and try it again. And if you miss that one, which you probably will, you'll try it again after that. You may not realize it, but in a sense, you have a growth mindset. You're seeing these little failures like missing the hole and you're trying again, trying to do better the next time. So the point here is that there's probably context in your life where you already kind of have a growth mindset or something like a growth mindset. So why would it be there in some context, but not others? How about with a fixed mindset? When do you have a fixed mindset? When do you have limiting beliefs? When are you more frustrated and think you'll fail? When do you feel like there's no point in trying? When do you feel the most like you're a loser and like you don't believe in yourself? I would guess it's probably when you're more emotionally upset, when you're, when you're not calm or when you're not connected to the present moment. I would guess it's probably when you're feeling more alone or more rejected. And I would guess it's probably when you're feeling pressured. So I think that like, your emotional state has a lot to do with how much of a fixed or growth mindset you have. It's not like you have this or that. It seems like contextually it makes a difference 
where on that spectrum of fixed and growth mindset that you're at. So the context of the situation matters. And so do your internal feelings, not just your mindset. But why would context and why would emotions matter? Why would those influence your mindset? The answer to that is because your thoughts don't exist on their own. You don't just have words in your brain that come and go. I mean, yeah, you you do, but they come and go based on the state of your body. And I'll explain what I mean by that. Basically, the state of your body is dependent on the current context that you're in, like how much safety or danger that you're literally in in the environment. There's this thing called the polyvagal theory, and the polyvagal theory teaches us that our body can be in one of three basic states. It's more complex, but basically the body can be prepared for safety and social engagement. It can be prepared for flight and fight, or it can be prepared for this shutdown, collapsed immobilization. If you've never heard of the polyvagal theory before, I really recommend it. It is fascinating. I'll have a link in the description for a free resource for you to to learn more about it. But basically, we evolved to survive or, or to thrive based on the context that we're in. And even though we might not live out in the wild and are being chased down by like predators, these evolutionary instincts and behaviors are still alive within us. Uh, they're, they're embedded, they're encoded into our DNA. This is really not something that we choose. It's a state that our body is in based on the needs of the situation, just speaking generally. So we evolved to survive or to thrive based on the context that we're in. If we're in danger, our sympathetic state activates and we use our aggression or uh, we flee from a situation in order to survive. When we're in a life-threatening situation, we collapse, we immobilize and kind of like play dead, basically. That's called shutdown. And when we're safe, we can connect with each other, we can feel happiness, we can mindfully attune to our senses and really experience what it's like to be connected to the present moment. But those are the basic states. There's also mixed states, including freeze, play, stillness, appeasement, intimacy, and arguably fawn, although I have my questions about that. So depending on the state of your body, your emotions change as well. When you're in flight fight, you're going to feel things like anxiety, anger, irritation, and worry. When you're in that shutdown, collapsed immobilization state, you're going to feel depression, numbness, you're going to feel alone and rejected. And when you're in the safety state, you'll feel calmer, relaxed, you'll feel connected, you'll feel fun, you'll feel awe, you'll feel happiness. So even if you're not literally in a situation where you're running away or fighting or collapse and shut down, that biology can be active and it'll, you'll feel it as these emotions. All right, I'm going to tie these pieces together here, okay? So your body state dictates your emotional experiences, but it also dictates other things as well, like your sensations, your impulses, your behaviors, and your cognitions. When I say cognitions, I mean things that are like word-based thoughts in your brain. Uh, also, beliefs, images, memories, ideas, calculations, pretty much anything that your brain can do, I, I call those cognitions. In other words, your body state really dictates your mindset. So mindset comes from the state of your body. If you have a growth mindset or a fixed mindset, that's going to come from the, the state of your body. When you're in your safety state, your thoughts are going to be flavored with more 
hope and more compassion and more focus. You'll be better able to learn and also to think critically. So let me ask you, does this sound like a growth mindset or a fixed mindset? When you're in your safety state, what kind of mindset do you think that lends itself toward? Okay, now in your flight fight state, your thoughts are gonna be flavored by more avoidance, more evasion, uh, blaming others, blaming yourself. So do you think that's more fixed or more of a growth mindset? And finally, in the shutdown state, your mindset's gonna be flavored with more hopelessness or pointlessness. So does that sound more fixed or does that sound more like a growth mindset? So your mindset comes from your state, but your state comes from a few things. It comes from the external world, like uh, the environmental sensory cues that you have around you, like the lighting and sound, but also from the people around you and what kind of cues they're giving you. Your, again, your mindset comes from your state. Your state comes from the external world, like I just said, but also the internal world. So if you're hungry, that's gonna affect your state. You might become hangry. You might be flavored with more fight activation. But also if you have a chronic illness, that's gonna affect your state as well. Your state is also affected by your past. So if you've lived with good enough attachment with your caregivers, if you've lived with uh, good enough or healthy boundaries, you're more likely to have a growth mindset in my opinion. You're gonna be better able to roll with life's obstacles, to think positively, be compassionate for yourself and others, learn from it and continue to grow. If you've been taught and modeled the importance of effort, you're probably gonna have a better chance of having a growth mindset. Trauma though can severely limit uh, someone's states. And when I say trauma, I don't really mean the thing that they went through. Trauma is the impact on their bodies of the things that they went through or didn't go through like good enough parenting. So the things that you went through or didn't experience can impact your body, leaving you in a state of flight fight, shutdown, freeze, maybe appease, and arguably fawn, but I have questions about that again. Trauma is being stuck in a defensive state. Trauma means you can't or you have great difficulty in accessing your safety state and maintaining access to it. So let's come back to where we started here. Yeah, mindset is of course important, but I, in my opinion, I would argue it's not as important as your state. Your state is the primary mover. If we can get your state to change, then your mindset will change along with it. And if you try to change your mindset while you're in a defensive state, like let's say you're angry, you're in a fight state. If I tell you to think differently, it's probably not gonna go very well. And if you try to change the way you think, well, first off, I mean, that's great, try it, I suppose, but it's likely not gonna end up very well. You're likely gonna feel pretty frustrated and it might just reinforce that, that fixed mindset. You'll probably end up blaming yourself or somebody else or saying how stupid this mindset stuff is and I knew it, I never should have tried in the first place. So those who have a growth mindset probably, I would argue, have a lot of access or enough access to their safety state. When obstacles occur in their life or if they have a failure or, or, or a mini failure, they don't sink into defensive state activation. They don't like flight, fight, or shutdown. They can roll with it. They don't get stuck in that defensive activation. They can feel it. They can feel anxiety or maybe even anger, but it doesn't weigh them down and stop them from moving forward. They're able to feel it and experience it and maybe even use it 
as motivation to do better the next time, to, to learn from the experience. But the point is that person has a pretty darn good anchoring in their safety state. That's probably the biggest difference between someone who has a growth mindset and somebody who has a fixed mindset. So they didn't change their thinking overnight. They didn't just decide to have a growth mindset. Their underlying bodily state allows for it. If they didn't have access to their safety state, they'd probably have just as fixed of a mindset as anybody else who is stuck in a defensive state. So when people who have this growth mindset who have enough of their safety activation going, when they see someone who doesn't think like them, probably someone who's in more of a defensive state, they identify the problem as being how that person thinks. So yeah, thinking is a problem, but it's not the problem. I would argue that thoughts are probably a tertiary problem. The primary problem is your state. The secondary problem is the sensations and impulses that come from that state that haven't been felt and acted upon. The tertiary problem, the one that you probably notice, is the emotions and cognitions that come from that state. And the fourth level, I'm not sure what you call that. The fourth level problem, I, I would say, is probably behavior. At least that's how I think of things. Okay, so state is the primary problem. How do you go about changing your state then? It's not easy, but it is possible to change the underlying state and to get into more of a safety state. The first thing is you have to have literal, actual, factual, environmental safety. Like you have to be surrounded by a safe enough environment. If you're in a dangerous environment, it's gonna be very difficult to have a growth mindset. So that's the first thing. The other thing would be having actual safe people in your life uh, versus people that are causing you harm or are directly a danger to you. It's gonna be very, very, very difficult to have a growth mindset uh, in that with those people as well. So that, that's the first thing. Second thing is assuming that you have safe enough environment and people in your life. The second thing is to practice feeling safe. And you would do that through uh, mindfulness. You would do that through connecting to the present moment. You would do that through uh, using your senses and maybe noticing the sense that is the most accessible for you. Like if you have a really good sense of smell or taste, then use that. But when you use it, really slowly experience what it's like to use that sense and what it tells you. And that can help you to access more connection to the present moment and to yourself. That can help you to access your safety state and you can practice that more and more and more. Other ways to practice feeling safe could be through movement, uh, music, through being with safe others, anything that helps you to feel more connected to the present moment or to yourself or to others. Basically, if you feel connection, that's a really good sign that you're in your safety state. Another way to change your state, which is also, again, not, not none of this is easy. Just saying fix your mindset, that's, that's easy. But the actual work of changing your state is not easy. You can say these things all the time. I can say them up and down, but actually doing it is not easy. But eventually, what you can do, especially once you build the strength of your safety state, once you practice being in safety, eventually you'll be able to actually compassionately and with curiosity feel your defensive activation. That means you'd be able to feel your sadness or your feelings of being alone or rejected, anger and anxiety. As you feel those, they eventually can soften, especially when you're grounded and connected to the present moment or to yourself or to others. When you, if you feel connection and then allow your defensive emotions, they'll soften 
and that can help you to change your state as well. Again, not easy, but it is possible, especially over time. So the priority is building the, the strength of your safety state though. And eventually, if you can do that, you can uh, heal your traumatized state. You can heal or re relieve your stuck defensive state. And if you're doing that, then that means you have more access to your safety state, which is allowing that process to unfold. My polyvagal trauma relief system can actually help you to change your mindset from fixed to growth. It doesn't just tell you to do that though. It does this by helping you to change your state and to relieve your stuck traumatized state or just to relieve your stuck defensive state. The system contains three phases which walk you through that process. The first phase is learning the polyvagal theory. The second phase is building the strength of your safety state. And the third phase is actively feeling and relieving your stuck traumatized state. My entire system is available for purchase, but I also have a low priced subscription model available for you as well. And that is through my total access membership. In the total access membership, you get my entire system plus my private community of people who are on a journey just like you are. And no, it's not like this Facebook group where random people by the thousands are piling in there. It's a pretty small, intimate, cozy little group, and it's fantastic. There's no trauma dumping. There is no trauma narrative sharing, and it's actually against my community guidelines to do so. So you don't need to worry about that. But there is plenty of room for conversation, for Q&A, for getting ideas from each other, and even a little support as well. It's a wonderful little community, and I really hope you'll consider joining it in the Total Access membership. If you want to learn more about the Total Access membership or my and or my polyvagal trauma relief system, I'll have links for you in the description. Otherwise, fellow stuck not, I hope this episode has been a helpful resource for you. Bye. This podcast is not therapy, not intended to be therapy or be a replacement for therapy. Nothing in this creates or indicates a therapeutic relationship. Please consult with your therapist or seek for one in your area if you are experiencing mental health symptoms. Nothing in this podcast should be construed to be specific life advice. It is for educational and entertainment purposes only.